Welcome to Sounds of the Session. I am Jim Patterson, Vice President in charge of governmental relations for Lobby, and I also serve as the staff director for its Employee Relations Council. Uh, today we have visiting with us Representative Larry Freeman. He represents District 74, uh, which uh, stretches from Abita Springs north across uh, the parishes of Tangipahoa and Washington, and um, his constituents are very fortunate to have an individual of his abilities. Uh, I think that uh, most people probably know that Larry is affiliated with the firm of Juge Napolitano, Gilbo, and Ruli, and um, Freeman, and uh, as a director, uh, he practices in the areas of tort liability, and workers' compensation. And it is about that that uh, we're going to be talking mostly today. I think, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Representative Freeman, you have uh, introduced about uh, close to two dozen bills this session, and uh, about a half dozen of them relate to workers' compensation. I know this is an area that you have a lot of passion and interest in, and I wanted to talk about uh, some of these bills uh, with you today so that uh, folks can understand uh, some of what you're trying to achieve in that area. Uh, workers' compensation in Louisiana is one of the more expensive um, types of costs that employers have to deal with in our state. And I know that you're attempting in some way to uh, moderate this a little bit. Uh, it's somewhat difficult because there are often headwinds uh, regarding some of these things. And um, I want to talk about some of these bills that you introduced, uh, starting with the, um, uh, the couple of bills that, that you filed uh, regarding the rights of attorneys to uh, stay or continue a case. Uh, right now, that is not permitted. Uh, the judges have full discretion in that regard. As far as, as, as we know, that isn't something that is statutorily provided uh, or required. And uh, I know that you're trying to address this, and you have actually had some bipartisan uh, support. Uh, so tell us about that. Well, first of all, thank you, Jim, for uh, having me here today, and I'm glad to be here to, to address this, these issues. Uh, yeah, that, that's um, two of the bills I brought addresses continuances of hearings and trials and stays of cases. Uh, what we've found in the past that the judges having full discretion, we believe we're not using their discretion properly. Uh, both the plaintiff bar and the defense bar had really had a lot of complaints that the judges were forcing cases to trial before the attorneys believed the cases were ready. Um, in district court, where I practice as well for auto liability, uh, most the district judges really rely on the attorneys to decide when the cases are ready. Uh, unfortunately, we were not given that type of deference in the workers' comp realm. So after being contacted by some of the, uh, the attorneys that represent the injured workers as well as attorneys representing employers, uh, they asked me to bring these bills, in which I did. So what this, these bills are doing is taking the discretion away from the judges and making it mandatory that if the two parties agree that the case is not ready to be tried or go to a hearing, and a continuance is filed, the judge shall grant that continuance. On the stay side, if two attorneys agree that the case needs to be stayed for some reason, 
this this statute would require the judges to grant the stay and maintain the stay until one of the parties want to lift the stay. So I, I think on a procedural basis, this is a good move, uh, gives the, uh, the attorneys more control over their cases and allow the cases to proceed when they're ready. And the continuance and stay bills are in the Senate Labor Committee now. They've, they've made it out of the House and uh, should be heard sometime in the not-too-distant future, I would imagine. Um, you have another bill uh, that deals with dependents in, uh, in workers' comp cases. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yes, in, in 2012, uh, there was a statute that was enacted by the legislature which said that um, concubines, which is a basically a live-in partner, uh, were, they were not entitled to death benefits. And any children of the concubine that's not related by blood to the decedent is not entitled to death benefits. Well, unfortunately, when they enacted that statute, there was a separate statute that wasn't adjusted to make it consistent. So what I did is I filed a bill to adjust the other statute to make those two statutes consistent with the legislative intent of 2012. Um, What we saw, which prompted this, is the Third Circuit relied on that one sentence in the other statute to basically ignore the legislature's intent and awarded the benefits to someone who wasn't uh, entitled under the the more recently enacted statute. So this is more of a cleanup bill to try to make these two statutes consistent and allow the courts to rule consistently throughout the state. And like the other two bills, that uh, bill is now over in the Senate Labor Committee as well. Um, Lobby was supportive of both of those and and supportive of another bill that uh, unfortunately did not clear the the House floor. Uh, You got a lot of pushback from plaintiff attorneys that didn't seem to like this bill very much. Um, This bill dealt with IMEs, uh, independent medical examiners. Uh, We felt like it was a a, a good idea to have, in essence, a third party uh, weigh in with regard to the causation of an injury. So uh, share with us your thoughts on that bill, why you introduced it, and and what you were trying to accomplish with it. Well, as you know, uh, in the workers' comp arena, for a person to get workers' comp benefits, they have to prove three things. One, that they had an accident in the course and scope of their employment. Two, that the accident caused an injury, and then the injury resulted in a disability. So that number two, which is the accident caused an injury, is considered legal causation. And to decide legal causation, a judge would weigh all of the facts of the case, including medical opinions, as to whether this accident caused this type of injury. So the employee gets their choice of physician, and their choice of physician would relate the accident to the injury and say that accident caused the injury. The employer has the opportunity to get its own doctor. And if their doctor says, I don't believe that the accident caused that specific injury, now we have two competing, uh, conflicting opinions. The the, uh, bill that I brought would allow either party to request a third doctor selected by the Workforce Commission to then render an opinion on causation, which gives the judge just another tool in the toolbox to then render its opinion on causation. Um, Currently, the Workforce Commission will not allow an independent medical exam based on causation. 
So I was adding that to the independent medical exam statute. Um, unfortunately, uh, plaintiff bar and other doctors, which I never really understood why the doctors was concerned, but apparently they are, um, really fought this bill very hard. And uh, we could not get it passed on the floor, which was very disappointing because, like you said, I think it's a very important tool that just gives judges the ability to weigh in, look at all the evidence, because at the end of the day, the judge makes the decision on causation. It is a medical legal determination. So you got to weigh the medical evidence and all the other facts and then make their decision. Uh, We just felt that that was something that was very important for the judges to have and um, unfortunately, it didn't make it this time. Uh, a last bill that uh, I want to touch on uh, deals with, in, in the medical realm, uh, implants and uh, the costs that re- relate there to um, how those are arrived at and uh, in order to make sure that the, the, the costs are uh, proper. Um, you chose to voluntarily defer that bill uh, because of uh, other dynamics that were, were in play, which I, I think was, was wisdom on your part and uh, could be beneficial going forward. Tell us a little bit about what's been going on in that vein, because you've been trying to to move this legislation for a few years now, and and you've had some dialogue with the medical community uh, on on the subject. Well, this is my second year bringing this bill, and last year I really worked very hard to get all the stakeholders together, and we sat around a table, the payors, uh, from the insurance carriers and self-insured funds. We had the hospitals, associations, the doctors, the surgery centers. We all sat down at the table and hammered out language that everyone was completely happy with when we left that meeting. And so that bill uh, was introduced and moved through. And on, last year it got to the floor and it, it was not passed on the floor due to some uh, pushback from the uh, southwest Louisiana area, uh, I think it was, may have been a manufacturer or something, uh, never really f- understood the whole dynamic, but it didn't pass. So this year, I brought the exact same bill back with the exact same language, and it was going to go through the process. And when um, the Workforce Commission came before the Labor Committee, I asked some questions about these rule promulgations. And in this initial uh, volley of rules was a rule addressing implants. So when they assured us that these rules were going to move forward, I felt it was prudent upon us to allow the process of rulemaking to go forward uh, because I would prefer it to be in a rule rather than a statute. That's their job to do. And I felt when the reason I brought this bill to last year and this year is I felt they weren't doing their job. Uh, but once I was made aware that they were actually going to do their job that they're uh, commissioned to do, I felt backing off my, uh, my, my bill and parking my bill, allowing the rule process to go forward, was the prudent thing to do. Um, now, we have to make sure that that rule process continues moving forward. Uh, I have some trepidation about that, but uh, I will be asking those questions uh, very soon. Uh, to make sure that I can get a commitment from the department that they're going to continue moving these rules forward, uh, and I will continue. I will continue to hold off on my bill as long as they're doing their job. Well, I appreciate uh, the job that you do uh, at the legislature day in and day out uh, for the businesses in Louisiana. 
Uh, workers' compensation is a cost component that uh, employers uh, necessarily have to uh, contend with. Uh, again, ours is one of the higher ones in the country, and uh, we're going to eventually get this uh, this sorted out. Uh, we, as you know, and you've been you've been a, a participant, a speaker in the past. We have an annual workers' compensation seminar. Uh, it's coming up on October the sixth and seventh this year at the Renaissance Hotel here in Baton Rouge, and uh, have a feeling that you may very well be invited to be a speaker again uh, because you're always insightful and appreciate your your intelligence in addressing these kinds of issues and making them digestible for the for the average person. So thank you so much for the, the quality of your work, and uh, we'll be there at your back uh, helping any way we can. Well, I've always appreciated LaVie's support. Um, you do a great service for the business industry, but you also do a great service for the state. Making workers' comp more um, fair and affordable benefits everyone, including the citizens, not just businesses, because without businesses, the state can't function. So we really need business to come here, and making it a, a business-friendly climate is something I ran on with my campaign, and I will continue to, to work towards uh, during my term. Thank you, Representative Larry Freeman, District 74. Thank you.